Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. We are having way too much fun before the show's even started. But Bonnie, uh, it's going to be a fun show. We got a lot to cover. Uh, we got a lot to recap. It was a busy week weather-wise. And we'll yes. even go back a little bit further than that and talk about a kind of a cool event that we did not talk about last week. We were obviously very busy with uh, Tropical Storm Cristobal, which... Uh, now has dissipated and his remnants is somewhere probably you know circulating the globe and um yeah good times we had a we finally had a tropical storm uh it did pretty much what we thought it did we had lots of lowland flooding there was some wind issues storm surge issues but uh for a tropical storm crystal ball was pretty textbook yeah yeah definitely but still pretty um, interesting and something worth noting just because, you know, it was one type of storm and then it crossed over into right. the Gulf and became another storm and it got a completely new name and um, affected everything between here and Canada, basically. So, yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Canada, um, you know, we kind of jokingly joked about the forecast when we were on the show last week saying, you know, the cone of uncertainty and you know, the official forecast track has this thing basically making that due north move all the way up, um, crossing the continental United States into Canada. And, you know, it's not in it's not gosh, it's not often that you see a storm do that. Right. Obviously, usually mm-hmm. they get entrained into uh, a system that's moving from the west to the east and it gets blown out into the Atlantic Ocean where it it finally fizzles out. But with Cristobal, it was completely different. There was nothing really there to change the steering current right i mean yeah. it was interacting with an area of high pressure that was over the rockies and we had that surge of moisture just kind of move up basically follow the mississippi river and when you go back and you look at the national hurricane center you know they put out all their advisories and forecast tracks well on wednesday morning they issued their final post tropical cyclone advisory so it was number 35 this one was actually issued from the weather prediction center in college park maryland so national hurricane center had handed it off once it became post tropical because they didn't need to worry about it but i want to give you just the movement and the location okay now bear mm-hmm. with us again this is wednesday morning it's located about 195 miles north northeast of madison wisconsin Oh, okay. my gosh. <laughs> 185 miles west of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Jeez. Okay, just so you know, Wisconsin and Michigan are not anywhere near the Gulf of Mexico. No, they are by Canada. Yeah, these, this is north of the 45th parallel, okay? This is halfway between the equator and the North Pole. The only big bodies of water near them are the Great Lakes. Right. And you mentioned the Great Lakes. So watches and warnings that have been posted. There is a lakeshore flood warning for Lake St. Clair. There is a lakeshore flood advisory for the shoreline of northern uh, lower Michigan for Lake Michigan. 
Upper Michigan shorelines of Lake Michigan, Lake Huron shoreline of Upper Michigan. A gale warning is effect for Lake Michigan, Eastern Lake Superior, and portions of Lake Huron. And wind advisories are still in effect for parts of Wisconsin and Michigan. <laughs> so, um, Crystal Ball was off doing his thing. Which is just crazy. Like, how often has Michigan, Wisconsin, and any of the Great Lakes had any of those advisories due to a tropical storm? Let's look it up. It's probably negative four times. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. Totally. And again, I don't know if it's, you know, again, I don't know how incredibly, you know, rare that is. Uh, Obviously, the, the Great Lakes, they have their own, you know, meteorology, their own climatology when it comes to big storms. Um, obviously, you know, you know of the massive shipwrecks that have happened on Lake Michigan and Lake Superior and Lake Huron and, and Erie and all of them, but to have a tropical system move that far North, it's gotta be incredibly rare, you know? And again, I'm sure they have had remnants from time to time, you know, that does happen occasionally, but to have it still moving at 40 miles an hour, chugging along due North, just sitting there chilling, um, you know, moving North, Northeast. At 30 miles an hour with a maximum sustained winds of 40 miles an hour. Central pre- Now, here's the thing that got me. The central pressure still at this time was 938 millibars or 983 millibars. Wow. Okay. That's still pretty low. It is. It's sub 1,000 millibars. If I'm looking at this on the Oregon coast, I'm thinking there's a windstorm coming in. Yeah. So it was wow. very, imp- it was seriously, it was very impressive. Um, you know, when you I, almost said 938, I almost fell off the couch. Yeah, I did, too, I did too. And I was just like. <laughs> It's early, it's it's early for me on a Sunday morning. So, yeah, 983 millibars, which I mean, again, nothing to shake a stick at. That thing's still pretty strong. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and for it to it, for it to be a tropical storm, like that's what it was. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't just a storm system over the continental US. It was it's just crazy. And right. so, I hope Wisconsin and Michigan appreciated it. Oh, I'm sure they did. And for a storm to stay that strong over that mm-hmm. long of a period, uh, you know, it was pretty impressive. So Cristobal has come and gone. We now look out at the tropics. We look at the, you know, the Caribbean and the Atlanta, uh, Caribbean and the Gulf are the two areas right now where historically we would see more storms start to form. Um, and even in a little bit into the Atlantic basin. But as of right now, according to the national hurricane center, they're not expecting any formation of anything for the next two days. Um, and that goes for uh, obviously the Gulf for the Atlantic uh, the Central Pacific, and even the Eastern Pacific. There's just nothing happening right now in the U.S. tropic-wise. So, uh, you know, we started off with a bang. We got through three storms real quick, and now it's going to quiet out a little bit. Yeah, which, I mean, that could change at any time. Oh, you totally know? Could. And you know, it, I hope hurricane season is not trying to slow down. Like, you can't come in with a bang like this and then just be like, mm, but I think I'm done for a while. Like, come on. Yeah. Sounds like most relationships I've had. Okay, we're not gonna go there. We're not. We're not. Hey, you're cool. Hey, you're cool. Let's do this, and then nothing. Yeah. And then it's over. <laughs> yep. Anywho, uh, so we mentioned at the top of the show that there was something that we missed last week due to crystal ball, and I want to get into this because it's it's pretty cool. Speaking of long duration events. You know, we've talked about Derecos on the show quite a bit. Um, for me, they're one of the most fascinating types of weather phenomenon that exist. And we see it, you know, 
a couple times a year. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're relatively impressive. If you're not sure what they are, they're basically a line of severe thunderstorms that form and they just start moving. And basically, they don't stop until they run out of energy. And these mm-hmm. things can cross hundreds, if not thousands of miles in a relatively short amount of time. Yes. Well, Over multiple states. Oh, yeah. Multiple causing st- lots of damage. Exactly. Yep. Lots of wind. Occasionally you get a tornado or two spin up in it. Um, but generally they're pretty fast moving and, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to go into the science. The, the word Dureco is Spanish meaning to the right. These things generally do move to the right. Um, that's not a political statement. That's just the direction <laughs> of movement. So they usually progress from West to East in some type of form in, in that alignment. Anyways, we had one that moved through the central Rockies and Northern Plains, uh, last Saturday, June 6th. They're incredibly rare for portions of Utah, Wyoming, and Colorado. In fact, only two other documented Durecos have been uh, recorded west of the Rockies. If you want to learn more, you can go to the SPC site. Uh, we did retweet the link on our podcast page on Twitter, at Weather Podcast. But just some basic um, information. So this particular Dureco started about 9 a.m. Mountain Time last Saturday. Last severe wind reports was received at 8:52 Mountain Time, so this thing was, you know, roughly about a 12-hour, 12-hour event. Severe wind reports spanned at least 750 miles from southeast Utah to southwest North Dakota. It produced severe in 12 hours. In 12 hours, it produced severe wind reports for nearly 12 hours and tracked northeast at an average pace of 60 miles an hour. Now, Bonnie, that's the average pace. Right. There were some times where there's forward movement much faster and a little bit slower, but this thing's chugging along at highway speed. Jeez. So that alone, the the speed of the storm causes its own like that, like almost accelerates the wind, right. if that makes sense. Yep. So that makes the winds even stronger just because of the movement of the storm itself. Yep. All that air that is being generated within the storm and, you know, it, these storms are recycling, right? So we know part of that recycling process is you get outflow boundaries, you get air that's descending out of these dying thunderstorms. Well, you have that plus you have the forward momentum of these storms. Air is mm-hmm. being pushed around a lot of places. And when air gets pushed around a lot of places, it will accelerate. Yes. The highest measured gust was 110 miles an hour at Winter Park Ski Area in Grand County, Colorado, up in the mountains. But still, 110 miles an hour is, again, nothing to shake a stick at because that's that's hurricane force. That's above hurricane force. That's, you know, low level EF1, if my, you know, EF scale is correct. But Mm -hmm. that's impressive. Yeah. A hundred percent. That is super impressive. And man, 110, that is crazy. And that's just straight line winds. Yeah. And that, that'll knock down a lot of things. That'll do a lot of damage. So luckily it was up in the mountains and not going through a town or a neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. You know, going through a ski resort, obviously there are people around, there's equipment. So, um, you know, how cool is it that one, we got an actual official measurement. Because I guarantee you it's some anemometer on top of a ski hill or on top of a chairlift that recorded it. Yeah. And, you know, again, that information obviously is used for, you know, maintaining ski stuff and making sure that that uh, is operational. But when you go back and you look at this, I mean, the map is incredible. We talked about this before we started taping. This thing affected one, two, three, four, five, six, seven states. 
and it eventually finally petered out going into Canada. So Canada, you're welcome. We've given you two awesome storms in the last, you know, last week. We gave you Direco and we gave you a tropical storm. So you're welcome. Right. Got all our leftovers. Like right. <laughs> the hand-me-down <laughs> events here yeah. is what we gave you. <laughs> but still, I mean, and you go back and you look at the storm reports. Um, you know, the preliminary data on this, and I wish I could pull this up, but it looks like 441 total reports just from you know, that day, obviously with that, there was a couple tornadoes, um, that same Saturday with Orlando and some severe storms that were around the Washington DC area that had some wind reports, but you take most of that out. Uh, this was all focused just on this line and you know, the center of the country is lit up in blues and purples, mm-hmm. you know, wind reports, a little bit of hail reports in there and some severe wind reports as well. So, um, Direcos are cool. Again, they're one of my favorite things in terms of, you know, random meteorology, but how cool was that? That's all I got to say is how cool was that? Super, super cool. And somebody posted a map of the country and how often different areas or different states right. get those each year and kind of an average. And there were some surprising things. I want to say it was like New Jersey actually had one of the higher averages. New and Jer- it was like four. Yeah, New Jersey's up there. Oklahoma is also way up there. Um, let me think. I got to, if I could, oh gosh, I need to zoom in on this map. My eyes are, are not good this early in the morning, and I don't wear glasses, so I should tell you all you need to know. Um, <laughs> so from 2005 BAMS, there was an uh, article from Ashley and Moat called Direco Hazards in the United States, the frequency of U.S. Direcos from 1986 to 2003. So it's about 17 years old. Symbol indicates maximum value before interpretation, but it's total number of events anywhere from zero to 40. And it looks like the Ohio River Valley back on a line down through the Mississippi River Valley toward Oklahoma Texas, the Arklatex are the areas that you're going to see the most prone to see these type of events. But, um, you know, it makes sense for it being in the Ohio River Valley. We've seen lots of these form around Chicago, around Milwaukee, and they start either they traverse over like Lake Michigan, affect the lower uh, peninsula of Michigan into Ohio, Indiana, and then through Pennsylvania. And they usually peter out somewhere around Washington, D.C. So, you know, we've seen these events happen. They are relatively, you know, maybe I want to say now they're more frequent just because we understand what they are. And we might not necessarily, you know, associate to be a MCS. But, you know, in theory they are, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But we know that they're, you know, it's it's something more than an MCS. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, it, it's got a name. We know what its characteristics are. So, why they do share some, you know, common, you know, similarities. A Direco is definitely different than a mesoscale complex. So, yeah. Well, and we get squall lines here sure. all the time. Like that is a thing. And like we all the time, our severe weather events turn into a squall line late in the evening and overnight while those individual supercells usually just come together and then bam. So many times it is a line literally from the northern border of Oklahoma down to the Red River, just moving, bam, east across the entire state. That's kind of cool. It is cool. I, again, it's one, uh, I you know, for me, I, I don't want to harp on it and say it again, but it is really one of my true favorite, you know, meteorological phenomenon that um, along with individual like supercells, like just like little textbook pop-up supercells, you know, mm-hmm. low, low pre, uh, LP supercells, low 
precipitation. I can't talk today. Um, <laughs> you know, that to me, that's one of the most fascinating things. Like you have this giant rotating thunderstorm and obviously, you know, there's rain within it. You know, there's hail with it. You see it on the on the radar signature, but it's just it's textbook. It's beautiful. There's nothing falling from the sky but a tornado. And that to me is incredibly fascinating. So you take LP supercells, Derecos, you know, windstorms, blizzards are another one of my just absolute favorite types of weather. But man, I, heat I, bursts. I yeah. you love your oh, heat bursts. Oh, I do too. love my heat. I love heat bursts. I love, you know, the fact that we're compressing that much amount of air and it's heating up in the middle of the night. That to me is awesome. Yeah. I, I kind of like the one-off stuff. Yes, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong. I love my big rainstorms. They're great. And being from the Pacific Northwest, we get them all the time. But I like the little one-off things, too. Oh, yeah. Wake lows that form at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, absolutely. You know, you gotta I'm get telling th- you, weather's crazy. And I feel like we don't know everything about all of it yet. There's still so much undiscovered. You know, there's a reason why people say meteorology is an imperfect science. Because we, we don't know everything. And again, I, I think that's true for, I want to say, most science, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we're dealing with it right now. I mean, medicine. Right? Absolutely. Hands down. Coronavirus is brand new. Nobody knows anything about it. You know, which, by the way, not to digress or anything, but I watched that movie Contagion yesterday. Yes. Scary AF. Woo. <laughs> Scary. Um, I, have, <laughs> I, I refuse to watch it just for that reason. Cause I'm li- cause, freaky. Well, I'm living it. I mean, we're all living it right now. Why would I need to be reminded on a movie? But I will say it almost makes you feel better about what's actually happening because the disease that goes crazy in that movie is scarier than what's happening. Absolutely. So that there's that, which kind of makes this seem a little, but you know, it was still freaky. Right. And wasn't that about, I want to say it was not necessarily Ebola, but I thought Ebola was kind of like the basis for it. Um, that I'm not really sure, but it was like, it was all the same stuff. It was like, wear masks, stay certain feet apart, like stay home if you're sick. It was like hearing all the stuff that we've been actually hearing on the news now. And so that was freaky, but it was, it was a weird, yeah, it was a weird disease that like affected your brain and caused a seizure, but it was also respiratory. So it was weird. Interesting. Now, again, I'm going to blow your mind with a statement and this is not the truth, but just, just hear me out. How hilarious would it be if we got our plan from a movie script? <laughs> I know. That would be crazy. Right? But you know what, though? They consulted a lot of, like... Oh, I'm sure they did. CDC and stuff like that. So maybe they did get their plan for the movie from our actual plans. Right. You know? So, may- but I mean, who knows? It really could be right. vice versa. I mean... Right. Trump could be sitting up there watching Contagion, going, "Look, they did this in this movie. Let's do it." Right? What's my boy? What's my boy Tony Fauci say? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, back to weather. Yes. Crazy one-off stuff. Yes. But uh, speaking of one-off stuff, we had a. It has been confirmed as a tornado. Uh, poor, per the storm report yesterday, but. Um, we had a tornado out here in Oregon, not too far from where I am here in the small town of Damascus, uh, just about eight or nine miles to my east. And for my money, Bonnie, one of the most video tornadoes in the Northwest that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that has taken video of a tornado and called it in to get a tornado warning, how in the world this thing was not tornado warned is beyond me. I've not seen the radar data. I have not seen 
uh, satellite pictures on this thing. But with so much video, I'm my mind's kind of my mind's blown that one there was no warning ever popped for it, but two that nobody bothered to call. Right, they're like we're going to video it, but right. we're just not going to tell anybody about sure. it. <laughs> and, and and again, I I know that I am my mindset is different. If I know I see a rotating cloud that's putting down a condensation funnel with debris in the air, I'm going to call the National Weather Service. Yeah, because I understand how my my weather brain processes. But all these people are just like, oh, check this video out. And again, do not get me wrong. There is some fantastic video. If, again, you go to our, our Twitter page, at Weather Podcast. Scroll down to where I put Oregon Getting Wild. It's a video from Weather Heffy, which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> um, he shared it. And the gentleman named Mike Bod shot it. But you can clearly see a rotating tornado with debris on the ground, condensation funnel and all, massive amounts of air inflow. Um condensate forming in the trees i mean again i'm sound like i'm you know watching oklahoma news nine here <laughs> i was gonna say i think david payne has said that yeah before. yeah where's my boy dp <laughs> we gotta give him at least one shout out of the show um, right but it, this thing was awesome uh na- and again national weather service is going to send out a uh send out a, a storm survey team this morning they're probably already out there doing their work but man um this thing was impressive and again it didn't get popped there was no warning on it. Again, I haven't seen the radar data. Uh, I know that the National Weather Service WSR-88Ds had the technology built in that when they determine and they get parts of rotation on, you know, on their display, it will pop up a little thing saying, hey, you might want to look at this. The fact yeah. that that didn't happen either either tells me this was extremely low base rotation that put down this tornado. And again, I believe this is now the definition of a land spout, and we won't get into that again because, you know, Lord knows I heard <laughs> enough crap from everybody on that last one that I talked about land spouts. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm literally blown away, one, at the quality of the video, the two, the fact that the thing has debris. But if you have not seen it yet, just go to Twitter and type in Oregon Tornado. You're going to see the video that we're talking about. You're going to see the video that um, Tim... Uh, Lucier shot. You're going to see the video of the guy that's standing in his house as the tornado is approaching him and it's raining debris. He goes outside for a second and then basically a branch hits him. He's like, oh, I'm going back inside and keeps <laughs> filming. But uh, it was fantastic. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. We don't see a lot of these, but it was cool to see. That is crazy. And for it to seem like it kind of came out of nowhere and like you weren't really expecting it, you right. know, because that doesn't really happen here. We're usually expecting it. We know it's going to be that kind of day or there's those chances. But, you know, to just be like bopping along during your day and then be like, oh, tornado. That's crazy. It is crazy. And again, we know, you know, the general kind of setup. We know that it's usually post frontal showers when we get these little pop up thunderstorms, these little pop up areas of instability. And we had seen it earlier in the day out on the Oregon coast. Uh, there was a possible funnel cloud. National Weather Service did say they had detected rotation within that individual cell, but, you know, wasn't strong and nobody called it in. So they're not going to uh, pop a warning on it. But this thing was impressive. Again, no warning um, reports of other funnel clouds in the area. But this thing was low. This thing was large and mean. Um, Damascus is a relatively unpopulated part of. Clackamas County as you're getting out toward the Cascade foothills 
Uh, one of the radio stations I used to work for, their transmitter is not very far from here. So when I saw the video, I was like, I totally know where this is. And my first yeah. thought was, hey, I should call one of my former coworkers to make sure the station's still on the air. But I didn't. So I showed him <laughs> a note on Facebook. I'm like, hey, this looks really close. He's like, yeah, I was just down the street. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> no <totally>. big deal. <laughs> yeah, I totally recognized it. Um, but it was impressive to see. So again, if you have not seen the video yet, go to our weather page at Weather Podcast. Check it out. Uh it's good footage. I mean, and, and again, I know people just like Oregon tornadoes and whatever. It's going to come across as an EF zero or an EF one at the absolute most. It's not going to be anything special. Yeah. It knocked down some trees or ripped a bunch of branches off. Um, it may be destroyed a shed or two, but just go watch the video because you actually see, you know, what we talk about when we look at textbook tornadoes, you see the inflow you see the condensation funnel. You see condensate forming. You see r- massive amounts of air rushing into a storm in an upward direction. It's what you look for when you want to know if you have a tornado or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm kind of jelly. We haven't had a storm or tornado or nothing around here for weeks. Right. Um, I will say this, and you laughed at me, and I and we'll share it with the group. So. Last night, I'm sitting at work, so I didn't have a chance to go out and tape this, which was really kind of bummed, or, or sorry, not tape this, but chase this, so I was really kind of bummed, so I was at work last night, working on a side project, and, you know, about 6.45, my phone starts chiming a little bit, people are like, ooh, was there a tornado, and I'm like, I could have been, I'm, I'm like, I'm not available to check, but... You know, we start getting this video in, I was like, oh boy, so you and I were talking, I sent you this awesome text... And I was like, hey, apparently we have tornado damage out here in Oregon from cold court finals. <laughs> Call court funnel. Cold core funnels. So I'm sitting at the bar where I work and I'm trying to text you via voice to text on my watch. And for some reason, my watch can't determine what cold core funnel means. So it's cold court finals, which is what the NBA season might be if we don't get back to action soon. Exactly. Call Court Funnel. I have a couple friends named Court. I don't know if you do, but I don't. One. Yeah, I don't know if I have anybody named Court Funnel, but whatever. (laughs) So finally, I was like, Cold Core Funnels. And you were just like, oh, really? That's awesome. (laughs) Well, not the damage, Um, but Cold Core Funnel. So I'm glad I could make you laugh yesterday. Oh, I was cracking up. I was like, oh, you got to love autocorrect. Not really getting it. Oh, it was so funny. It's still funny. I almost want to screenshot it, so I have it for always. No, you need to. You need to, and then you can put it out on, on our weather page at Twitter Podcast. <laughs> okay, I'll totally do that. Please do. Please do. Oh, dang. You got to love technology. It is grand. It's, it's our friend, and it's our enemy. At the same time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the storm report. Once we get that from the National Weather Service, we'll tweet that out. Uh, but seriously, sure. go check out the video, because it is great footage. Um, and like I said, it's probably one of the most video tornadoes we've had in the northwest in a really long time so it was cool to you know go through that i'm sure somebody will put together the entire montage of all the different shots that i know of at least eight or nine now so you know we have one from a really far distance we have one up close we have one like i said the guy standing outside is a uh, railing before he gets hit with falling debris and decides to go back inside <laughs> but man just one i'm jealous that i wasn't out chasing it but two uh Again, you know, finally something happens in the Northwest that's that's worthy of talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm jealous. Normally you're jealous of me, uh, but I'm jealous of you. So that's cool. We have nothing happening here. Nothing has happened. And I'm going to complain about it. So <laughs> as you should, 
<laughs> as you should. All right. Well, I know that you guys might not have any storm chances coming up, but what does your forecast look like in Oklahoma City? Oh, mid to upper 90s for the whole rest of the week and sunny, which is great because next weekend I'm going on a float trip, going right. to float the river. So that's always good. But this is typically one of our wettest months, and we have had not a drop of anything for weeks. And we're having, like, the drought is getting a little serious, especially in the Northwest. So hopefully that changes. And it looks like possibly the last week, week and a half of the month, we might have um, more steady precip chances. So maybe that will help us. If not, then the rest of the summer is going to be very rough. Well, I will take your drought and we will double it with nothing but rain here because we are in probably, gosh, what, we're 14 days into June and we're already above our wettest June ever. And the month is still not over yet. I just feel like it's rude to rub that in. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> So yeah, we're we're sitting in this in this excess of of you know rain for this month, and it's going to continue for a while out here today. Slight chance of showers. Um, we might maybe get a thunderstorm in the next couple of days, but nothing, you know, nothing overly big. But um, the story is here: two days of rain and showers, and then we flip the switch and we're going straight heat. So by the time we get to Tuesday, the rain will start to taper off. Wednesday, we, we clear it out. We go with a high of 71. And by the time we get to Saturday next week, we're cracking 90. Wow. So we're well, going to, yeah, we're going to ramp it up. Real, yeah, we're going to ramp it up real quick. So it's going to be but interesting to see. at least yours is like not a humid heat, though. That is true. Ours is a dry heat. Yeah, ours is like super, super humid always. It's icky. It's blech. Yeah, those are not, those days are not fun, but. No. Um. You know, it will be a nice change for us. We've been, like I said, been extremely wet. It's been really rainy. It's been showers. It's uh, it's typical June for us. And, you know, if this is where we do make that switch over, and usually does happen about this time of year where we kind of flip the switch and we get into our summer pattern for a while, um, it will be a little bit on cue, maybe a little early, but uh, a lot of us are excited. We finally get some nice, really warm, decent temperatures. Well, good. Good. I'm glad that you're you're coming into that. If you could just share a little rain with us, that'd be great. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, we'll shift the pattern a little bit east for you. Thank you. You're welcome because I, I know you guys need the rain more than we do. Yeah, we really do. We really do. Or like I said, the rest of the summer, we're just going to get drier and drier and that's just going to be really rough. Right. Um, and again, just be careful out there. Uh, lots of areas, especially in the west and the desert southwest, red flag warnings are up. Mm -hmm. Please be careful with open flames, sparks, any type of thing that can combust. Just please be careful. Yes, please. Yeah. We don't need wildfires running rampant around here. No, we don't. And, you know, wildfire season is upon us. It's starting in some areas a little bit earlier mm -hmm. than normal because of drought conditions. So let's just please be responsible. Just be a little extra careful. That's all we ask. Yes. Well... Bonnie, another great edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.